0: Good morning, everybody. anything to this? <clears throat> Why don't we open our Bibles to uh, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi? Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one, and we're following uh, a series of studies from that letter. And so today we are almost finishing chapter 1. The title of this morning's message is, To Live is Christ. Paul said that. He said that about 2,000 years ago. We're going to read it here. And we're going to explain, we're going to, I'm going to attempt to explain and share with you what that meant for Paul. For him to say, hey, For me to live is Christ. Those are some very big words. Sounds like a really cool phrase, but it's some pretty big words. And what what allowed him to dare to say something like that? We're going to talk about that. And I'll give you the heads up if you're taking notes, which I would encourage you to. Part of what we do here on Sunday morning is to come and and hear God's word and to learn from it in order that we may be doers of it. So Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 19 through 26, explain it a little bit, and then focus on this phrase that Paul uttered and wrote, for me to live is Christ. And then I'm going to develop that by using three words. But my three main points are all three words that start with D. And I would love for you to memorize that or just keep mindful of that so that you can continue to meditate on the message and in God's Word as we leave here this afternoon. So the three D words... Are disregard, dedication, and devotion, and I'll explain those. But let, first, let's let's go ahead and uh, and read Philippians chapter one, verses nineteen through twenty-six. Let me give you a little bit of background on on what we're going to read here. The apostle Paul wrote this. The apostle Paul was detained; he was in jail, incarcerated, detained. Uh, as he wrote this. He wrote this letter, a very personal letter, to a church that he had established some ten years before in Philippi, a Roman colony. And he writes this letter to to these people to thank them for, for several things, but to encourage them. And it's often referred to as a letter of joy. So keep keep all those things, try to keep all those things in mind. He's he's detained And he's writing a letter of joy and encouragement and gratitude to this congregation back in Philippi. And he writes here in uh, verses 19 through 26. I'm going to read it. Follow along if you have your Bibles. It says, um, he says, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope. That in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness as always. So now. Also Christ will be magnified in my body. Whether by life or by death. Unbelievable. He's saying. It doesn't really matter what happens to me. I don't care that I'm incarcerated. I don't care that all these things are happening to me. What matters is that Christ is magnified whether by through life or through death. And then he says, verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ. And listen to this. And to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you and being confident of this i know that i shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in jesus christ by my coming to you again all right so let's let's uh, let's spend some time in this in this wonderful portion paul is writing this letter very personal and he's telling the Philippians, hey, you know I'm incarcerated. This is not where I want to be. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy being in jail or detained. He says, but it doesn't really matter. What really matters is that Christ is magnified, or ultimately that God is glorified. Whether I live or whether I die, the point of my life is God's glory. And so he says in verse 21, if you don't have that verse underlined, You should, in your Bible, I think. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, Paul's a very amazing individual. He wasn't always a Christian. He didn't grow up in the right church. He was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader who, get this, persecuted the church. He hated Christians. He hated Jesus. He didn't understand who he was. He thought Jesus was an offense, or he believed that Jesus was an offense to his culture, to his people, to his religion, and his beliefs. And he lived a life uh, persecuting the church. Uh, He would go from town to town with letters from the religious leaders in order to detain, drag people out of their homes, and put them in jail. In the case of Stephen, if you read in Acts, he, he gave his vote. He gave his okay to have Stephen uh, killed by stoning. And he held everybody's coat as he had Stephen killed. He was part of that. He had Christian blood in his hands. He very much disliked Christians. He persecuted Christians. Until one faithful day. When the risen Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. You can read that in Acts chapter 8, 9. And the Lord appears to him, and he goes from persecuting the church to now serving the church. From living for his religion and zeal for God, though he was mistaken and he was sincere in persecuting the Christians, to now living for them and living for Christ. So he's a pretty incredible individual, and I want to focus on what he said, for me to live is Christ. And develop that. You know, Paul says some pretty amazing things. Just in Philippians, let me share with you a couple of things that he, he, he says, that, uh, or that he writes down in, in this short letter. Four chapters. One of my favorite letters. And listen to this. Quick survey of the book of interesting or awesome sayings from Paul here in Philippians. In chapter 1, verse 6, he talks about, he says, He who has begun a good work in you shall complete it to the to the day of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 13 of chapter 1, he says, my chains are in Christ. Ain't that cool? My chains are in Christ. Verse 21, chapter 1, we read it, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Chapter 3, verse 7, he says, what things were gained to me, everything that was valuable to me, all my accomplishments, he says, all the things that were gained to me, I count them as rubbish that I may know Jesus. says, For my citizenship is in heaven. Chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice always in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. And most of you know this verse, Chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This Paul was a pretty amazing guy. But let's focus on this one thing he says here on chapter chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Beloved, You realize that we all live for something. We all live for something. Most of us live for a lot of things. And sometimes there's confusion in our lives as to, what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? Are the things that I'm doing, are those the things that I'm supposed to be doing? I feel a little lost. I think we all kind of experience that every once in a while. You know, what am I really here for? Paul had no problem understanding what he was here for. Paul moved in only one direction. Not like the band. He moved in an upward direction. And he said, for me to live is Christ. That's it. Let's simplify. He would say, let me simplify my life. I just care about one thing, and that is to live for Christ. The obvious implication for us, beloved, as we sit here this morning, as I've been able to study and kind of prepare this, uh, you know, every lesson I bring, uh, every sermon I preach, my job is to first preach it to myself and learn it myself, Right? And try to apply it myself. But the obvious implication is, what do you live for? What is your life about? And I would really encourage you to take the time. Maybe not now, because then you won't hear anything I'm about to say. But as, as you leave here, think about what is it that I live for? What am I now currently valuing over other things? Are we able to say, and this might be a convicting message, it is for me. Can I say, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain? Let me tell you what most people would say. I believe what most people would say, if they were sincere, they would say, for me to live is me, and to die, well, that would just be a shame. Don't we sometimes live like that? Just keeping it honest? We live for ourselves. And what frightens us the most is this idea that one day this life will end. And we treat death as if it's the worst thing that can possibly happen to us. Not so, Paul. For me to live is Christ. And to die, well, that's just gain. He says it. To depart and be with the Lord is far better Awesome. All right. So let's take a look at these three points. What does it mean for Paul to be able to say, for me to live is Christ? Three things. One, disregard. What kind of disregard? Disregard for self. Paul lived with a serious disregard for himself. He really didn't care what happened to him. He didn't live for himself. And that is so contrary to our culture, isn't it? To our society? Our culture tells you, live for yourself. If it makes you happy, do it. You know as, long as, you know, as long as it makes you happy, go ahead. It can't possibly be wrong. You know, as long as you deserve it. And it's all about you. Especially TV and commercials, right? Of course. But everything. And sometimes even our parents and our culture, they tell us, well, I'll do what makes you happy. And certainly, Paul writing to the Philippians about joy, Paul was not a grumpy fellow. He's, he was all about joy, uh, but the joy that we find in Christ. So, a disregard for himself. Now, what does that mean? Let me give you a short survey now of Acts. You're thinking, what? what, what is it? I want to illustrate what it means for, for Paul to be able to say, for me to live as Christ, in regards to a disregard for himself. It, we read it here in verse 20, right? It says, uh, it says, Christ, um, verse 20, It says, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body. Whether by life or by death, it says it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter what happens to me as long as Christ is magnified. So he had a serious disregard for himself. So let me share with you you a quick survey of Acts. Uh, I think most of you guys just went through Acts. We did. It took us about two years to go through Acts. And we read some of the things that that Paul went through that he endured as he served the Lord. So really quick. Chapter 9. As soon as he's converted. uh, Let me just go there real quick for a quick reference here. So, disregard for self. What does that mean? Just looking at Acts. Chapter 9. Starting in chapter 9. All right. So, Paul, on his way to Damascus, encounters the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a conversion, he becomes a Christian. And then, immediately, he begins to preach Christ. And as soon as he begins to preach Christ, he goes from being the persecutor to being the persecuted. And right off the bat, uh, verse 20, let me just, I'm not gonna even going to read it, I'm just going to tell you what happens. Uh, right off the bat, uh, they're in Damascus, uh, they, they, they hear what he's saying, what he's preaching, people get upset at him, and they immediately want to detain him, and arrest him, and, and plot against him, to the point where that night, one of those nights when he was preaching, he learns that there is a conspiracy to capture him, And so, other believers, it says that they lower him in a large basket down the wall. Can you just imagine that? They're waiting for him on the surroundings outside the city, in the wall. And so, he finds out what's happening. And other believers put him in a large basket, and they lower him down the wall, so that he can escape and continue to preach Christ. In chapter 14, verse 7, at Iconium, they attempt to abuse him and stone him. These are the Jews, Gentiles and other rulers, and he's able to escape. Chapter 14, verse 19 and 20, he escapes to Lystra, only to be followed there, and people stone him, and they drag him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. What happens? He's not dead. He gets up, does himself off, goes back to the city, leaves, and continues to preach. And he goes to Thessalonica, chapter 17, verse 5 and 6, and a mob gathered, says that they, they gathered evil men from the marketplace, and they stormed Jason's house, supposing Paul to be there, but he wasn't, and he was able to get away. Chapter 19, at Ephesus, Demetrius, the silversmith, uh, along with other people, they, they create a riot. It says that the whole city, uh, they try to seize Paul, but they actually get his uh, traveling companions. He travels to Greece, chapter 20, and... Uh, and the Jews plot against him. Verse 24, same chapter. Uh, he, and speaking to the elders, listen to what he says. He says, Paul speaking to the elders in, of Ephesus says, But none of these things move me, <clears throat> nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And then he tells them, chapter 21, verse 12 and 14, he says, For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes to Jerusalem, chapter 21, verse 30 and 32. And at Jerusalem, it says that all the city was disturbed. They seized Paul, they dragged him out of the temple, and they were seeking to kill him until he gets rescued by a Roman commander. And they stopped the beating. Chapter 23, verses 11 through 16 as he was detained, 40 Jews plot, and they vow not to eat or drink anything until Paul is dead. And then his nephew finds out, and they mess up the plot, and he gets 470 soldiers to escort him to Caesarea. Awesome. When I say, or when, when I mention that Paul had a serious disregard for himself, this is what I'm talking about. And I want to share that with you. It might be a little laborious, but I want to share that with you to understand that when Paul says this, as he's detained, and he says, for me to live is Christ. I don't really care what happens to me. That's some serious stuff that happened to him. And it wasn't because he wasn't paying his taxes. Or it wasn't because he was breaking the law. All these things happened to him because he preached Christ. And he's, he was able to say, I don't care what happens to me. As long as God is magnified. And that's just an example of some of the things. Let me finish off this point by reading to you 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. He kind of, sum- Paul does us a favor of summarizing some of the stuff that he went through. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're still talking about Paul's disregard for himself. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-two through 28. He's having some problems here where people are questioning his authority and his intentions and his motives. And he's saying, wait a minute, don't you know who I am? Let me boast just a little bit here so you can understand what my intentions are. So verse 22 through 28. This is Paul saying. He says, Are they Hebrews? He says, So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors? More abundant. In stripes? Above measure. Not like military stripes. That means beatings with rods. In prison, more frequently. In death, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys, often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren, he's saying, I've been through it all. I've gotten beaten up, thrown in jail, stoned, dragged out of places, beaten with rods. What else do you want? He's saying, let me tell you who I am. This is the kind of person that I am. And to me that says, I have no regard for myself. A disregard to himself. That's who Paul was. When he says, I live, for me to live is Christ, we see a disregard for himself himself through his life and his ministry to the Lord. Galatians 2.20 says, For I am crucified together with Christ, Paul said. And he says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In 1 Corinthians 5.15, the Apostle Paul also says, Hey, you know what it is? Jesus died for all, so that those who live will no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again for them. He didn't just say those things, he lived them. So Paul had a serious disregard for himself. All right, that was my long point. The other two are going to go a lot faster because next week we're going to talk about the second point. Um, So I'll just mention it today, or some. So Paul had a disregard for himself, but he also was dedicated to others. So for him to live as Christ, man, a disregard for myself, but also if I am going to be here, I'm going to live not for myself but for other people. And we see that here in verse 23 in Philippians. You're still there. Listen to what he says. He was dedication. He was dedicated to the lives and benefit of other people. Chapter one, verse 20, 23 and 24. So he's writing to the Philippians and he says, You know, I'm not sure. I'm detained. I might get killed. And he says, If I do get killed, well, as long as God is magnified, I realize that to die is gain. It's even better. He goes, But if I stay, which I think I am, he says, I know that if I stay, it's better for you. Isn't that cool? If I do stay, it's better for you. And I'd rather stay so that you could benefit from that. Verse twenty three. He says, For yet, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you, he tells the Philippians. He says, If I, if I don't die and go to heaven, which is far better, then if I stay here, I'm going to stay here and make sure that my life here benefits you. To live as Christ meant for him, a dedication to others, beloved. And I'm just going to share one portion of scripture with you, which is First Corinthians chapter 9. I think this pretty much summarizes it. First Corinthians chapter 9. If you study the Bible and you've read through Paul's letters or you've read through Acts, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know really who Paul is, and uh, then I want to share some of this stuff with you. Uh, if you do know who he is, then to be reminded of these things is... is is beneficial as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 23. This was Paul's attitude towards people. And by the way, it wasn't just his fellow Christians that he was devoted to. He was devoted, he was dedicated to the benefit of others, Christians and non-Christians. His life was about reaching the lost and building up the, the saved. Paul says, for Though I am free from from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but but under the law of Christ." that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I may win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Paul says, I didn't just sit back and proclaim the gospel. I did everything that I possibly could to save people. If they were Jews... Which he was a Jew, because I became a Jew as one of them that I may win them. Everything that he did towards the lost was in order to be able to save some. Towards the weak, he became weak. He just identified with everybody in order that he may win some. So we see that Paul didn't just sit back and say, Hey, well, you know, God didn't take me this time, I'll just sit back and, and relax. I'm retirement age. I'll just I'll just No. Everything he did was to benefit other people, the church and the lost. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, having the same mind in chapter 2 of Philippians. So we'll talk a little more about what that means for us in regards to living, living for one another, not seeking our own benefit, but the benefit of others. So I want to jump to point 3. What does it mean for Paul to say, for me to live as Christ"? a disregard to himself, a dedication to people, and a devotion to God's glory. Look at <clears throat> verse 20. Chapter, back in Philippians, chapter 1, verse 20. We read this, but now in the context of everything Paul did was ultimately to bring glory to God. He was devoted to God's glory. So verse 20 again, he says, According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but in all boldness, as always, so now, also Christ will be magnified in my body. For God, for Christ to be magnified... It's, it's to say for God to be, for Jesus Christ to be glorified, magnified, made big, made the central thing in my life. Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. He says it doesn't really matter as long as God is glorified. In chapter 4, verse 20, he's ending his, he's ending his, uh, he's ending his letter there's only a couple of greetings left, verses 21 through 23. But in chapter 4 of Philippians, verse 20, he says, Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And that was a common theme of Paul's. It's all about God's glory. Do all things for the glory of God. Now, in in case, we, uh, in case we're thinking, like, Okay, so, so Paul lived for Christ, that's cool. And he had a disregard for himself, and he was dedicated to people and devoted to God. But what is, I mean, that's good for him. Well, let me read to you what it says in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he says, Therefore, whatever, whether you eat, whether you drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, he says. Everything you do, do it for the glory of God. Give no offense either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I also pleased all men in all things, not seeking my own profit. he says, but the prof- prophet of many, that they may be saved. And then he says in verse 1 of chapter 11, Now be imitators of me, just as I also imitate Christ. He says, the reason why I'm telling you these things is because I want you to imitate me. And why? Because ultimately I imitate Christ. So it's not just, hey, that's good for Paul. That's excellent to do that. We need more people like him. No, to live for Christ, for him to say that is a reminder for us to realize why do we do the things that we do? You ever thought about that? Kind of crazy questions. But why do you do the things that you do? Why do you make the decisions that you make? Why are you at the job where you're at? Why are you at the school where you're at? Why are you dating the person you're dating? Why are you spending your time doing X, Y, and Z? Why do you do everything that you do? Some serious self-analyzing. Why do you do the things that you do? Paul would say, everything that I do, I do to honor God. Are we able to say the same thing? Have we considered that? You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. What does it say? It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Everything that we do as Christians is to be for God's glory. And that would include a disregard for self and a dedication to others. All for God's glory. So think about that. The things that you do, where you spend your time. You know, sometimes we, we all kind of have the same attitude. We have this kind of victim mentality. Wow, that's the only job I have. What do you expect? That's where I grew up. What do you want? That's the person that, that's the one person that acknowledged me. So I dated that person. I, this, this is, I don't know. Why do you do things? I don't, I, it just, they just came to me. He can't live like that. Paul didn't live like that. He said, no matter what happens, I'm going to seek the Lord, I'm going to press forward, I'm upward bound. No matter what happens, God has got to be magnified, glorified in my body, whether through life or through death. And everything I do, Paul would say, is to honor God. Why? Because for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. I mentioned at the beginning, right? Hopefully that's not the case for us. For me to live is me. And to die would just be a shame. The biggest fear in people... It's that. It's death. And then public speaking <laughs> right after that, <them. laughs> But the idea of dying is terrifying. Until you become a Christian. And part of that is that becoming a Christian means dying to yourself. Jesus said, he who seeks to save his life will what? Lose it. But if you're willing to lose your life for my sake, then you will find it. Are you thinking, what? Yeah. Because tell you what, you can't live for Christ and then still live for yourself, which is what most Christians try to do their whole life. And then we realize, well, you know, this Christian life isn't for me. I'm not really enjoying it. Well, it's because you've never really died to yourself and surrendered to Christ. Because Paul was never bored. He was always joyful, despite his circumstances. And you have to wonder, how could he possibly? Well, how? Easy. It was never about him. You know, if you read Rick Warren's uh, Purpose Driven Life, the first phrase in his book says what? It's not about you. It's talking about the, your purpose driven life. What is the purpose of life? And the first phrase in his book says, It's not about you. The life that you are given, the existence that you have, isn't just for you. And it's certainly not about you. It's all for God's glory. And when we begin to understand that and live that out, then we begin to live that for which God made us. A truly fulfilled life is only found in Christ. So when Paul says, for me to live is Christ, you know, that shouldn't be only for the uh, holy Christians. That needs to be every Christian's proclamation, or at the very least, desire. I don't think anybody here can say, I, I certainly wouldn't dare say, hey, you know why, for me to live as Christ, everything I do is for God's glory. That would be pretty hypocritical. And I would be lying. And I've mentioned this before, and I'll probably say it many a times again, it's not about perfection, but it's about direction. Look at your life. I don't want to give you a guilt trip. Oh, man, Mike really hit me over the head this morning with the whole live for Christ thing. Because I know I'm not living for Christ. Why well, change it. Because that's what you're supposed to live for. In everything that you do. Paul says, even in the most mundane, basic, everyday life things, whether you eat or drink. Come on, Paul. Why? He's being sarcastic. I don't know if he's being sarcastic or what. But he's saying, in everything that you do, do it unto the glory of God. Oh, but I work a lot, Mike. You don't understand. Glorify God at work. Oh, never thought that one before. I, you know, I spend a lot of time at school, Mike. You, you don't understand. You know, it's, school is hard. Well, glorify Him there. Everything that we do should be unto God's glory. And when you change, when you make that choice to stop living for yourself and to start living for Him, and by the way, you're either living for Him Or you're living for yourself. I was doing some research online. What do people live for? Well, some crazy things in there. But most people would say family, friends, love, um, you know, school. Mm. Um, Same things that a lot of people live for. You know, materialism, self-advancement, sports. Where are my athletes at? sports. I remember being in love with volleyball and basketball. and Now I just play for fun. But we all get caught up in all these things. You're either living for Christ or you're living for yourself. And you might be thinking, like, no, no, because it's all about my kids. You dig deep enough and you're going to realize it's really about you. You're probably living your life through your kids and finding your identity through your kids. It's really about you. It's weird. You know Jeremiah seventeen nine: The heart is deceitful. And wicked. You better watch out. No, in my heart, I know I live for my husband. Really? Love your husbands. Honor your wives. Do all that. But all in Christ for God's glory. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job, quit school, divorce your spouse, dump your girlfriend, and follow the Lord. In isolation, somewhere in... its not what it means. Right where you are, God wants you to bring glory unto Him. And the way we learn from Paul is, by having a disregard for ourselves. It's, my life is not about me. And I know that's totally against culture. And maybe some, a lot of what we believe and have been brought up. But it's not about you. It's all about Christ. To live is Christ. Um, a devotion to God's glory. A disregard to self and a dedication to others, both the church and the lost. That's what we get from Paul. That's what I think our life needs to resemble. Um, if you're thinking, no, it's, I real, I, I, I'm, I'm honest. I know it's all about me. Well, you got to make that change, beloved. Because being a Christian and living for yourself, inconsistent, that's inconsistent, with what the Bible teaches what a Christian really is. A Christian is a follower of Christ. One who submits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that means it is no longer me but Christ living in me for God's glory and for the benefit of others. If repentance is required which I know it is for me probably for all of us then let's get on our knees and ask the Lord for forgiveness. Lord I've been living for myself. It's weird. I didn't realize that. Everything I do is kind of like all about me. Let's repent from that. Let's confess that to the Lord and ask Him to help us and get us in the right direction. Let's get into His Word and be directed by the Holy Spirit through it. May the Lord bless His Word. Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Father, again, we are grateful for the opportunity to be here and to be exposed to Your wonderful truths. Father, as Paul said it in such a short phrase, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We ask for forgiveness if that has not been the pattern in our lives. And we ask for help for us to submit to your will that our life may resemble that of Paul's. Because ultimately, he was following your son's example. And that's what we want to do as Christians. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters who are here. I ask for your blessing in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.